Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Questions of the Force. Listeners have questions. We will try to have answers. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock. Sometimes I have answers. Sometimes I have incomplete thoughts disguised as answers, but happy to be here. <laughs> and I always have questions. Always more questions, right? Yes. Just about <laughs> life in general. 
Uh, as always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Ken made a great pick for this week for our recommendation. We are continuing to recommend the novelization of Revenge of the Sith by Matthew Stover. Really get you in those Obi-Wan, Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker feelings. A great book, a weird book. Ken, when was the last time you read this one? Probably 2005, six <laughs> uh, And I want to. I have uh, recently, not about a year ago, read the Phantom Menace novel. Again, we talked about here in the, uh, on the show about that. Um, but somewhere my Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith is in a box I've yet to find in storage. <laughs> I know I have them. So I might just have to uh, use the Audible uh, link and get myself a, a, an audiobook uh, version of, the, of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yet another great plug for Audible. Is your physical book locked away in storage that you can't find? That's what's happening to both Ken and I, so why not give it a listen on Audible? You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. And with that, we're going to get into our questions. We have two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Eric Steglioni. Stegliano? Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I had a little bit of a vowel confusion. Stegliano. Eric Stegliano. Here's what Eric has to say. Do you think Palpatine's face getting wrinkled and damaged in Revenge of the Sith was caused by the lightning getting reflected back at him, or was that his, quote, true face? Oh, <laughs> I love this question. I love this discussion. I can't remember what the novelization says. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. So we will have our own opinions. Ken, where do you go with this one? First of all, Eric, man, yeah, this is one of those questions I've been asking myself since long before uh, podcasting even existed, I think, or before it was well known. I mean, this is like a, a 2005 question. And so my answer is this. Uh, I often wonder if this was part of his plan, meaning this was Shiv on Naboo. That, that's my face. He looks in the mirror and goes, this is my face. This isn't going to do for the evil empire I need to build. Um, along the way, maybe I, uh, uh, you know, get get deformed. And I can use that uh, uh, <laughs> to my advantage. So my plan is to, number one, turn Anakin. Two, shock myself to make it all look cool. Uh, and then goes from there. But I'll say beyond that, I, I think, and I, I, might, I might get to my actual answer here, Eric, here. But I, 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 <laughs> showing my, my work here, my math problem. Um, I think it's in the line a lot of what I what I look I personally look at Palpatine's career where where not everything he does was part of his meticulous plan and he does have meticulous plans, but man does he roll with those punches and we kind of talk about a lot of those moments here in Star Wars and Padme's often one of the ones making him roll with the punches and this is another to me example where all right that happened I knew I needed to uh, uh, mace uh, like uh, uh, but man this is great look at the bonus I look horrible and I can use that to my advantage and I'm going to roll with that but then it makes me think of. You know, later on, especially Battlefront 2 comes to mind, uh, some of the other things, Rebels, where he kind of hides the face uh, to the public and uh, kind of leans on that side of it for the propaganda of it all. Um, so I don't know at the end of the day. So end of the day, final question, final answer, Joseph, is I don't think it was his physical true face. I think it mm. was uh, something he um, it definitely represents his heart and he just kind of ro rolled with it. That's my take. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it is a matter of both. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm so with you. This is probably one of my earliest seeds of wanting to do a podcast. Uh, mm. I didn't uh, think about it that way. I didn't know that people would enjoy a Star Wars podcast. I was thrilled to be wrong. Yeah. Um, 
But I would say for me, it was watching the DVD. And I remember the night I got the DVD. I was on deadline uh, writing something uh, for a uh, performance I was giving at a museum I was working at. And the deadline was 7 a.m., uh, but I knew Revenge of the Sith was coming out on DVD and I <laughs> I needed to get that done. But I stopped what I was doing. Uh, I drove to Target. I bought Revenge of the Sith and I watched like half of it. And then I was like, OK, I got to save the rest <laughs> until I finish this script. Uh, anyway, point being, you know, he's got those lines of I, I, I can't. I'm weak. I'm too weak. Mm-hmm. I, I can't hold on any longer. And like when I first heard that, it's like I didn't have anybody at that point who wanted to talk uh, with Star Wars about me, like it, 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 except yeah. for to be critical. Yeah. And I really had that like, ah, man, I think that's about him letting go. He's letting he's letting the face mm. come out. Uh, so I was, it was one of those things I was excited to talk about for years and had no one to talk to about it. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, everyone. Thanks, Eric. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of backstory for me and my relationship with Palpatine's melty face. But uh, to get to my final final answer, I, I, the, he's, his face is clearly being hit by uh, horrific, uh, painful lightning, right? And there's some yeah. there's some smoking and melting going on there, right? Uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> no I, doubt about it. I've, t- I've told the story before, but I go back to seeing it at the Cinerama Dome in 2005, with the two nine year old boys behind me bawling their eyes out during that scene, <laughs> and their mom's trying to calm them down. I'm not laughing at the kids and their horror, but wow, that was a scene. I just picture. So many moments like that because there's there's violence in Star Wars, right? Oh, yeah. Just George Lucas just suddenly appearing and going, "It's for kids," <laughs> and obviously the heart of it, the lessons are. But then you get that tension of the pulp adventure mm-hmm. serial thrill. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I think that that it absolutely has something to do with the Sith lightning because of the smoking and melting uh, that's going on, and it is directly into his face and mace is kind of pushing it back but at the same time nothing like that happens to luke or anakin you know they don't go melty uh or any of the number of characters that we've seen get hit uh by sith lightning um i remember reading the eu book the truce at uh, bakura which i was really excited to read because it was right after return of the jedi and luke talking about like how he needed his bones are kind of calcified and he like he needs to hydrate <laughs> uh, uh, yep. i remember that being like okay okay that was not a temporary pain that was ongoing yeah. uh, great eu stuff um so i think there is an element of it that is physical the the volume of damage and watching it closely i think that i can't hold it any longer and i can i'm weak i'm too weak i can't hold on any longer is a little bit of a a feint that he can't keep defending himself from from mace's blade uh but there's always struck me to me some level of honesty in that which is what made me sit up when i was watching that uh dvd (laughs) even though i had a deadline um i think it is about there is a price to the dark side. It, it rots you. It turns your eyes mm-hmm. It you know, uh, right. so many dark side, look at their teeth, right? Like yeah. it isn't like I turned to the dark side and I gave up flossing, right? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the powering unnatural hate levels of hatred through your body constantly right. has to have an effect. So I think that a certain amount of the melting <laughs> mm-hmm. is real. On the face, I think the eyes going yellow and the teeth rotting, I think that's just letting letting the pretense go and letting yeah. it all flow through him. So, yeah, I love this because if you, you followed it, you mentioned like, you know, go to Revenge of the Sith when, when Anakin uh, on Mustafar and he turns, he's got the yellow eyes. Like it, it, there's some kind of mm-hmm. little, little magical, little mystical. And I'm not suggesting um, 
I'm not suggesting that you're suggesting that that Palpatine um, has like uh, you know like Melisandre in Game of Thrones and takes off the the <laughs> necklace and you know she's been hiding she's a 400 year old uh, crone or something like that. But something not unlike that could be what what you're talking about here, and, and I can get beyond that because of of the Sith and dark side and how horrible the dark side is, right? And how we we talk about the simple idea of light side builds, dark dark side destroys. Why wouldn't it also take out your spleen? Like you know, <laughs> it's working, it's coursing through you. And we, you and I both celebrate the, the power, unlimited power moment mm-hmm. absolutely has turned into one of my favorite moments in Star Wars, as well as this whole battle and this whole sequence, because it is him just going, no more. I don't have to pretend with nobody. This is who I am. So for it to follow, uh, you know, follow that, that line all the way to his face, I can get behind that. Yeah, I think that's it for me is you can kind of break it down. But, uh, you know, I go to some of the way that... Uh, one of my favorite uh, creators, David Lynch, talks about reading film. It's like, yeah, we can come up with the clues and we can hear interviews from creators. But there's also just that, like, what does it feel like in your gut? Mm-hmm. And that's for me is like this whole sequence feels like ripping off the mask, ripping off the chains and just letting it all hang out. Like yeah. the way he screams unlimited power, like this is what he's wanted. To, every fake manipulative conversation he's had with Mace Windu, this is what he's wanted to scream and do. And it's just yeah. all out there in the open. And that, that sigh of relief feels like not only did I just <laughs> yeah. let it all out and finally kill that a-hole Mace Windu, but it's like, ah, I can just be me. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah, the, the yellow eyes and the rotted teeth. But there's also then the rest of the sequence, which is maybe one of the more disturbing sequences in Star Wars, those guttural animal noises he makes like his voice is deeper and weirder right when he's just like yeah you will get strong (laughs) yeah everything about this whole sequence feels like ah i can just be myself and myself is evil yeah no and about that i mean now we're just kind of looking at that full scene it's a four center mini scene by scene episode here (laughs) it's all look we're talking about 2005 i got the two kids screaming behind me at the center i'm a dome in horror Uh, and by the way if if you if you happen to be one of those kids in 2005 uh the now you're in your early 20s reach out let me know uh if you were in the center i'm a dome it was like a mid uh, it was a midday showing i think on a monday or something like that me and my roommate joel went um i'd love to know your experience with star wars and your relationship to it now um but that's thing yeah the, the guttural grouse it was all it was all fodder for jokes a lot of it was, uh, lest we forget, the, the prequel wars, uh, as, as you mentioned so wonderfully in your, your stand-up, uh, actor, <laughs> Joseph, the, the prequel wars that you survived. You know, unlimited power was a joke. Uh, how, how could they do that? It was so dumb. I heard that a lot. I heard that a lot. And the guttural growls were that, too. And, and I think, again, I look at it so differently now, but I, I think it's an extension of what you're saying. Of just, uh, It's almost like Palpatine putting on his Sith sweatpants. Bye-bye, belt. I'm not, no pretenses for nobody. This is who I am. And it feels good. And henceforth becomes this memorable line. It's just because it's, and and McDarmid's not just doing that stuff by accident to me. And and, and Lucas gave him a lot of, I think, room, but just push it more and more and more as, 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 uh, you know, McDarmid has explained of almost almost like, is this, is this too, too over the top, George? And George saying, no, no, more. Faster, more dense, but also more <laughs> over the top. So it does track to to Palpatine's uh, big uh, big reveal and Eric's question here. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, Could, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I think we're on the same page. That there's definitely definitely some uh, old face mountain lightning damage, but there's something more going on as well. Yeah, and again, for, yeah, I'll get, get throw my idea of like Palpatine going good. This this I I didn't plan for my cheeks to melt, but. Pfft. 
it 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 feels right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, maybe if his face didn't melt and he did just let himself go, he would have hunched a little and the yeah, eyes would have still yeah. went yellow. Like there's still yeah. there's still uh, I'm dropping the mask uh, yeah. going on. All right, thank you, Eric, for uh, that wonderful uh, trigger to some fascinating memories, <laughs> <laughs> as well as hopefully our opinions on your question. Move on to our next question from Jacob Hodge. Jacob says. How do you keep track of all the different storylines in your head when you're following comics, books, shows, and movies as they're coming out without getting confused and crossing your timelines? Ken, I'll just start with, uh, I do get confused all the time yeah, <laughs> and really make an effort, uh, you know, to, to pre-research or to double check w- when we're talking here because it is easy to get confused. Where do you go with this? Do you get confused? And if so, how do you deal with the confusion? Yeah, absolutely. My first part of this, uh, my answer here, Jacob, is uh, just take a breath. Uh, Take a breath. And and we've talked a lot about uh, Force Center here, you and I, not always caught up in the comics. I try to stay caught up, but uh, I get behind. And uh, since not all the comics hit with me, as I've said before, that doesn't mean I'm not trying to pay attention to what's going on and where it falls. So I want to be clear about that. Um, But like even the other day, you and I and Jennifer discussed on uh, um, the news episode here of – yeah, the idea of Ahsoka meeting Luke, right? And what Dave Filoni's dreaming up. And even in researching my answer for that question, I kind of got confused of when is World Between Worlds? What's the last thing we see Ahsoka do? Mm-hmm. Until it, and, and, you know, I, Luke's timeline a lot easier to, to follow. But then again, oh, we got five years. And is that when he was out with Lorsan Tekka? Is that even still, you know, applicable to, to Luke's journey that he and Lorsan Tekka went looking for things as we've uh, you know, been led to believe by some of the uh, visual dictionaries and stuff? So I do get confused. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, shout out to our good friends. Uh, we mention them so often because we love them dearly. But Alex and Molly uh, put together so many wonderful videos. And Alex does the big Canon timeline video every year. Uh, it gets larger and larger and larger. It's going to be like an eight-hour video at one point. And those help. And that's why those those YouTube channels like that. And But I always go to Star Wars Explained. I'm explained. I'm brand loyal to them. Uh, <laughs> it, it does. It, it really does help because it is a lot. And I've even seen some graphics going on late, uh, lately on Twitter of here's all the timelines and here's all the projects in development and the different eras. Um, and by the way, I love this. Get it. Just dump all the eras. It, it, mm-hmm. it, I'll figure that out. But I think it's OK as a Star Wars fan. I don't even know if this is the spirit of your question, Jacob, but it, it's OK to admit a little confused and where does this go uh and to pull back take a breath and god bless the fine folks uh, who make wikipedia thing because then you can (laughs) go through and just kind of here there and everywhere yeah no i mean wikipedia and star wars explained are uh base uh both such great resources and i have refreshed myself on the inquisitors about a thousand times i've Mm. read or played the video game or watched (laughs) almost every story uh, with the Inquisitors, but I still like, you know, getting into the, the the heart of Kenobi and going like, I know that, you know, Fifth Brother goes on, but I can't remember each beat uh, with him and things like that. So for me, they're always a good resource to, to refresh uh, anytime you want. Um, I think for me, uh, I tend to remember the stuff that's close to my heart, like, uh, or, Ooh, or that yeah. you and I review certain things will stick with me. Even if I watched a story three times, really going through it suddenly, um, and really talking about the ideas behind it will kind of lock something into place a little bit more for me. So there's that, that's a, a tool. I think using movies as anchors for me, when I get a little confused, like, okay, wait a minute, mm, wait a minute, yeah. which movie is it closest to? Cause those are the things that I know absolutely best. Mm-hmm. Um, so movies as anchors uh, often helps me. 
The other thing that I would say, and I don't know if this is, uh, I don't want to put this on Jacob because it might not be at all where he is coming from. I think that sometimes I can slip into the danger of gatekeeping myself Mm. of like, Ooh, if I slip and I forget something that someone's going to open a door and point and go fake fan, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or, Oh, I thought you were a trivia guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You you can give into that fear, which is the silliest thing in the world. It's a lot of storytelling and it's not a big thing at all to space on a detail or ask a friend a detail or look up a detail or just go like, I know I know this answer, but in this moment, I don't remember it. Uh, So I'm really trying to work on myself to not get hung up on like, ooh, that little moment of like panic (laughs) that I'm going to be fake fanned if I don't immediate, if I have a slip or or don't immediately remember, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, especially when you're in a podcast or God forbid forbid we're doing like a live YouTube show or a panel where where you're you're caught on the fly and 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 I get I get, I get the gatekeeping yourself because there's 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 some gotcha fans out there you know there there's is some, especially on YouTube yeah especially you know you and I competing in uh, trivia contests or you know uh, the folks who do the Dragon Con stuff uh, the trivia over there yeah that, that knowing that stuff can be equated to understanding Star Wars and I I don't think that's necessarily true so yeah there's sometimes where you just feel you just, you just have to let it go that you know what I don't know when this is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I had a really fun interaction uh, uh, that related to this at Star Wars Celebration. Um, we were at the meetup and uh, I think it was right. We had a meetup for Force Center. I think it was before you got there and I was talking uh, to a, a listener, a Star Wars fan and uh, a armor in, uh, cosplayer and a mall cosplayer were interacting mm. and having, and we started to have that like, oh man, could they have a fight? And I had, you know, it was uh, the third day of the convention. <laughs> mm. You know, it's, uh, hot I'm tired and I had that total like could they and I just said it out loud I was like I'm having one of those timeline moments could they and like oh yeah and then it it like it uh ignited all this storytelling I was like well actually of course they they could actually have a relationship right you know uh because yeah. of Maul's involvement in Mandalore because we don't know the armor or the children of the watch's entire uh backstory because the armor has those little horns on her helmet that does make people curious if she has mm-hmm. any affiliation or interest in mall um so that was one of those moments where i had that moment of like oh man i'm i'm spacing and yeah. then what brought me back is getting excited about the story <laughs> yeah yeah not the facts not the timeline but the story yeah absolutely absolutely and to those that value the 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 every little detail in the timeline we do too and uh if that's uh the focus more than the story too that's that's good but i i, I, I as i get older and, and we all start forgetting more details as we get older <laughs> i don't know why i walked into the kitchen and i don't know when the armor might have met maul but i'm happy to be in the kitchen in star wars yeah exactly exactly that's a great uh question jacob so yeah uh i think the basic answer is we use lots of resources and uh Sometimes we're sharper uh, than other times, and it is fine to get confused from time to time. Uh, the, I guess maybe the other thing is if you're ever confused about Star Wars and aren't sure of a fact, you can just imagine that you're cosplaying Din Djarin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. being utterly confused about who knew when, what, where, why. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more questions of the Force. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back with more questions of the force. We are going to our patrons on Patreon. We're going to Chris Kiefer. Chris says, uh, Luke goes to Tatooine and Kenobi with potential to fight the Empire as a Jedi. Luke goes with Bail Organa with the potential to fight the Empire as a diplomat. Do you think Yoda and Obi-Wan made a hedge bet with the twins? <laughs> it is a very fun question and a particularly fun question now here in the throes of the television show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Where do you go with this, Ken? 
Uh, Chris, my favorite uh, librarian in LA County uh, with a, uh, a question here that's fun on the surface, but then sent me into deep, deep uh, ruminations on what they believe. So yeah, I, I love this idea. Yes, they did make a bet at the beginning of all this before it got even, you know, I mean, it, it was always serious, but uh, you know, or I'll see you in 19 years or so. I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure when this is out. Uh, what do you, let's, let's make a bet on this here. So I, but I think that bet stretches all the way out until the battle of Exegol. And they realize <laughs> it was a push and then both of them, it was equal. Uh, you know, uh, they both fought it in their own way and it all, thanks to Ray comes out. Okay. And then a ghost, uh, Obi-Wan, or maybe at this point he's just a voice, but Obi-Wan and Yoda, they just kind of put their money back in their pockets there. And the bet is, uh, <laughs> is a push. Um, so I go there uh, and a fun question, but then, yeah, just you know, analyzing why and, and why there's so many things now with, um, you know, the, from a certain point of view, conversations in those books that are, you know, canon, canon, Jason, every, again, they're getting hung up on details and the timelines, but it's the idea that Yoda going, nah, I don't know, should have been Leia and Obi-Wan believing in Kenobi and why. So clearly Kenobi is just a little bit more of an emotional connection here. Uh, uh, and we're watching that get explained more. We're going to see where he ends up and why he focuses, uh, believes Luke's the chosen one after Anakin, all that kind of good stuff. And so it's just a little bit more personal where I wonder if Yoda, as he's reflecting a little bit more by himself um, and occasionally facing some problems, as we've seen in some stories, probots coming by or something like that. Yoda's just learned, really learned about wars and them not making one great and carrying out some of that stuff, the the final uh, Clone Wars stuff with him in season six. Um, he just kind of sees a long, long-term picture and maybe thinking even beyond uh, and thinking what is needed to set up, uh, you know, maybe even just literally set up new governments or leadership's got to remain in place. It's more than just about um, winning. It is about this concept of, of ruling. So it's uh, and not that he's thinking about specific plot points, but just thinking this, this being Leia and her journey might be the, the winning bet because it's more long term. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I started the conversation in my mind. I uh, know. I, I like this a lot. I think for me, uh, the, the scene is so short in Revenge of the Sith of when they actually make the decisions of where the twins are going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vibe that I get from that initial, like, I think they develop more opinions as the as the twins grow. Right. Yeah. And we've got yeah. some great storytelling uh, from Yoda wanting to train Leia that you're talking about. Who knows what else will develop in this uh, great Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I kind of get the vibe that he is appreciating that Obi-Wan is appreciating Leia. And appreciating the path that she is on. Uh, yeah. And that might be part of why he believes in Luke, not only because of what Luke uh, presents to Obi-Wan, but that he sees this path that Leia is on. And, and maybe Obi-Wan is making a bit of a hedge bet with himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. During the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, or as a result of it. Um, but I feel like in, in, in the beginning, right, mm-hmm. I don't think they're in a super tactical point of view, right? I think mm-hmm. it really is like, you know, I go to Yoda's reaction to Bale when he uh, gets away from Palpatine. Failed, I have, right? You know, into exile, I must go. I think when they say, you know, when the time is right, you know, we're going to go away until the time is right. And I think their focus is, hey, look, uh, the way the Force moves, (laughs) the children of Anakin and Padme, two of them twins, uh, destiny's coming for them one way or another or eventually and we're not we're not putting any chips down right now Mm. our focus is entirely on they need to be kept separate and safe because if they're together uh they're more easily sensed they have to be somewhere where you know they're they're going to be hidden in some way and then after that i think everything is about love when they're kids you know Mm -hmm. um when the initial decisions are being made Uh, because if yoda and obi-wan are both in this kind of place of shock of like 
we failed, we got drawn into something. We know we don't even there isn't an energy of like uh it's not like there's a scene where Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, maybe we should take them and hide out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in this Jedi temple, and Bale has to push back and say, No, no, no. It it feels like they're both in a place of like, yeah, that no, we're not we're not in any place to teach kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's all about love. I think when Bale says, you know, we've always talked to of adopting a baby girl. It's like, well, we have to be separate and hidden. Mm-hmm. We'll worry about their future later. Right now, they just need to be loved. And that's clear that Bale yeah. and Brea are going to give that to Leia. And I think that's why Yoda suggests taking Luke to his family, as he says. Yeah. So just just take him somewhere he's going to be loved, you know? I, and it's you Kenobi see. who says, I'll, I'll watch over him, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kenobi's clearly like a little antsy to train him. Yeah. But I think it's about like, after all the horror and the trauma, they can't be snatched by Palpatine. They can't be snatched by, you know, uh, uh, Anakin. I guess they believe Anakin is dead at that point. Um, but they, they just need to be somewhere right. safe and loved. I love this. I love I love this love talk. Uh, I think that's really important. <laughs> and, and again, yeah, going back to that scene, you're so right. It is. Uh, that, that is. I, I think I even forget that little detail of Yoda going, OK, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. OK. Then you take him to the family. Uh, and and I, you know, I'm a little bummed that. Uh, I, I think Yoda had some more uh, thoughts. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, he needs to go work out. Little, little ruminations over there in Dagobah. I would have, uh, I would have, if I was Yoda, would have been like, hey, Bale, do you have an, like a apartment over there, like a studio? I'm just looking for a studio apartment. <laughs> I need to watch Leia over there. Uh, instead, he goes to live in the bog. But uh, yeah, and then it, it changing, and I think we're seeing that, and and, and we're getting. To, I, this is why I think I love the Leia stuff so much, and you and I both watching the first episode uh, together in, in a hotel room star celebration Anaheim when Bale's like, Hey, she is just as important guy. Um, we both <laughs> kind of stood up on our seats a little bit because uh, we think that's real uh, true. Uh, number one. And it's just uh, important to hear and, and hear a character in star Wars say, but it plays out. And I'm just wondering as this bet goes on and, and I got to imagine they communicate over the years and go, you know, you want to change the bet. Uh, maybe Kenobi at the end of uh, they, that's the final season of this first uh six episodes of Kenobi, you know, cause now we're hearing uh, rumors of more. Um, maybe it ends with, you know, Yoda and, and uh, Kenobi communicating and Kenobi's like, can I change my bet? Can I change my bet? <laughs> I got space kid dreaming about flying and I got clearly a, a Padme's a daughter here. Um, I joke, of course there, but I, yeah, I like the idea that it, it changes and, and, and the value of, uh, you know, I, you know, after, after now that they know that Anakin's alive, or at least Kenobi's learning that, and if there's any clue to Anakin slash Vader only really being aware of Luke, right? That being mm-hmm. a surprise held off uh, uh, until Return of the Jedi for a lot of people, including Vader and and Luke and and the audience. That that means uh, you know uh, that's why some of um, Luke's journey and what what Chris is even asking about he he's got to fight the Empire as a Jedi. Not that Leia isn't couldn't be and and wouldn't have value there, but that uh, Vader's focusing on him. That's where Luke's got to deal with that. And Leia's, the, the rebellion is on her shoulders, no small feat. And that's why that kind of narrative emerges as they learn more. Yeah, I think so. I think I think if anybody is uh, really placing bets, uh, I think Bale and Brea's choice to say, we're going to hide Leia in plain sight, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are not going to hide her light. <laughs> yeah. We are going to, you know, get her into a position to make a legitimate difference as a good and noble politician and leader is they're grooming her to take over Alderaan. They're grooming her to be in the Senate. You know, we know from the Leia princess of Alderaan book that there's hopes that there can still be 
some sort of non-violent solution to what the empire has become and into Palpatine's, you know, uh, reign of terror. Uh, but they're really choosing to put her in that role and to keep her in that role and, and think that that role is just as important is mm-hmm. whatever might happen in the future with Luke. So I think in some ways it's, it's just Bale and Brea's choice of how they raise alien uh, aliens, mm-hmm. how they raise Leia that is putting <laughs> a chip on the table, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I have a, a little, uh, you know, thought in my, my head of just, uh, it isn't just as, as simple as uh, Padme's gone. We need to replace her, but Padme's gone. If she had been here and survived and all these, uh, the change of the Republic to the empire, happened like how important and value valuable she would have been in that fight and we, we've got we've got the next best thing in fact maybe it is a better thing leia um and we might even have a touch of the force you know so i like i just i've, I've always kind of loved living with that of of like yeah this is why she's as, as important uh padme was important and she's off off the playing board which is a tragedy mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and so we have a chance to to keep that spirit going and, and uh that's why their approach is is what it is yeah yeah, I totally agree with that. And I really love what we're seeing in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show to see the similarity between Luke and Leia, that they are both, uh, you know, looking at the stars <laughs> yeah, and yep. dreaming of knowing more and having adventure there. They are not going to just stay where they are uh, like neither of their parents mm-hmm. would have. So I just I love the way it develops that like they're both staring at the stars as Leia gets older. She accepts her responsibility. She has, you know, she has devotion. She has a serious mind. And I just still love that short story. Uh, from the the uh, from a certain point of view book of Yoda being like, oh man, she has Jedi sensibilities. Ah, oh, the most serious mind. And then uh, Wormy over here <laughs> getting tipsy, you know, uh, at the local saloon. Not, I get not local saloon. I'm thinking of that deleted scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. at Tashi Station, where uh, Mark Hamill's, I think, kind of playing it like he's he, that, like he maybe just downed one at Tashi yeah. Station. When he's yeah. talking to Biggs, like, yeah, I want to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. thought of Yoda looking at that going, oh, boy. Instead, <laughs> this determined, committed politician, yeah. that's the future. Well, look, this is a very fun question that leads into deeper discussions, and, and we'd love to have both. We'd love to celebrate the, the silly, the poignant, and and the weird. I, I'm with you on all of that. And and, and I, 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 we love Luke. You love Luke uh, so yeah. much. I love Luke. And, and I'm, I don't mean to make fun of, especially never making fun of the young actor being Luke. I just, it is absolutely playing out this way of zoom 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 and hi i'm 10 i could probably run this <laughs> it's it's and it just feeds into some of the thoughts we know that yoda and kenobi have battled over yeah and, and it is fun to joke about but it is also just like it's a celebration of like you know you you can't judge things by the surface yeah. when when luke that's the whole it's not the whole original trilogy it's one of the spines of the original trilogy that luke doesn't understand the nature of the fight and it it yeah. takes that for him to step up and do what what obi-wan always believed he could and yeah. truly be a great jedi so uh, it, it's fun to laugh at because or yeah. laugh about because it's going somewhere great yeah, excellent point. Yeah, and when we meet Leia, she's there. She's got it. And Luke's got that important journey. I think you're right. I just uh, love uh, that's the deleted scene from Rise of Skywalker. Force goes Kenobi, Force goes Yoda, and they just go <laughs> shake hands. All right, it's a push. The bet is over. They they both turned out quite well, quite well, yeah. and they both passed on what they have learned. All right, we're going to move to our final question from Ben Potter. Uh, ben has some thoughts, some theories, uh, and that leads into some great discussion points. Uh, so here we go. Hello there, Ken, Joseph, and Jennifer. My question today revolves around kyber crystals. 
In your live Q&A for the month of May, a listener submitted a question about the origins of Rey's yellow kyber crystal. I have some headcanon for the end of The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm curious of your take. At the end of the film, we see Rey explore the Lars homestead and then ignite her lightsaber, revealing a yellow blade. At first watch, I thought it was odd for her to just randomly ignite her blade for a moment with no immediate danger and only BB-8 being around. Referring back to all the online videos of Rey's lightsaber chamber during the initial ignition, it's pretty clear that a blue and green color can be seen for a short moment in the chamber head before the blade ignites as yellow. My head cannon has been that that ignition was actually the saber's first ignition. In the new Disney era canon, kyber crystals naturally lack any color until they are chosen by a Jedi to which they emit usually blue and green or on occasion white, yellow, or purple. This is why Rey suddenly ignites it on Tatooine and why it shows a blue and green tint in the chamber for a brief moment while it decides her yellow blade. At first, uh, first ignition at the Skywalker home carries symbolism with both Rey's Skywalker's identity and her lightsaber being born. To follow up, we've learned that in the new Disney Earn canon as well, dark side users corrupt the kyber crystal and bleed it to give it its crimson color. What are your thoughts on the symbolism behind a Jedi's color being controlled by the Force, whereas a dark side user controls the color themselves? Curious of your thoughts. Keep up the great content and may the force be with you. May the force be with you, Ben. These are some uh, great thoughts, some great headcanon and some great questions. So let's get into it. Ken, I want to start with uh, just this idea of that possibly being the first ignition of Ray's blade. There's been a lot of conversation about uh, her igniting it, what it means, all that. Where do you go for that moment at the end of Rise of Skywalker? And then we'll we'll get to the rest. I, I didn't have time to go listen to all of our episodes from that era when the movie came out and the reviews and discussions or anything we've done before. So I apologize if I, I am repeating information or adding new information uh, that I failed to discuss elsewhere. Uh, this is a great question because I've always gone with the idea that that is the first time everything mm. based on how Daisy Ridley plays it. Um, yes. It's a fun moment for a, it's a fan moment, right? Look, yellow saber to answer your question. This is, I guess, but I, I don't I've always kind of viewed it. And again, someone could have some information that contradicts this, um, you know, comic or something. Or maybe she has the, the blade on her on her hilt, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, on her, the hilt on her belt, I should say. Um, elsewhere, I don't know. So apologize again, going to that first question of I don't know, timelines and some stuff that's a lot. But I just the way it's played, the way it's looked. And then, yeah, when everyone kind of like realized, oh, green, blue and green make yellow in this case here on this lightsaber. I just always kind of thought that maybe she she built it there, built it on the way there, and that this was that moment. Now, whether or not it's played as, oh, I'm going to discover what my color is, I, that I don't know if I think that's the case or I can follow that idea, but I don't know if that's happened. But I just, I've always thought this is the moment. Um, and you and I love the yellow. I know you, great point of the yellow being this the idea of the, the Jedi Temple Guards and a keeper of, of, of the Jedi flame, if you will, so to, so to speak. So I and go defender, there. Yeah. yeah, defender of it. Yeah. So I go there first. And I, I, I kind of, yeah, I don't want to put my own bet down on that moment. <laughs> um, but from my interpretation, in my heart, I, I think that's the first moment. Yeah, I would be fine if it's the the first moment. I would enjoy that. I think uh, for me, I know some fans uh, have have struggled with that moment uh much the way that uh ben discusses of you know why does she ignite it in that moment mm -hmm. uh, and i i appreciate all of ben's headcanon and, and different opinions at, at all times uh for me that that moment has always been about lightsabers as a symbol mm -hmm. about ray's journey and i think the way i always uh, enjoyed that moment works beautifully if it's her first ignition because to me it's about 
she has come here for a ritual, you know, mm. uh, the way that there are Jedi trials and at, at certain points of the, the Jedi era, those are, hey, we, we have an actual, <laughs> you know, te- here, here's a bunch of tests that you can take. They're designed to test you. But then the Jedi are flexible. And like if you, you encounter something out in the world, that's your trial. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is for her, like she doesn't have anyone to cut off her Padawan braid, you know, right. and say the words. And I think for her, this is, she, she maybe feels like she's past her Jedi trials in facing Palpatine, um, but in facing her own anger uh, and, and connecting with the mm-hmm. cosmic force, connecting with the, the Jedi of old uh, and, and learning that nothing is impossible the way her master Leia taught her. Um, but for me, this is about uh, coming to peace with her relationship with the past of this the healthy way that the sequel trilogy ends of uh, she in the past has felt like she could only define herself by the past or if she fully understands the path. And this is so uh, the past. And this is so respectful of, I learned so much for, from Luke and Leia. They will always be a part of me, but I also must go forward with my own identity. And it, the past is something that you can draw strength and inspiration from but you must continue forward and for me it's always felt like a ritual of i go to this place Mm. i respectfully bury their blades and the completion of this ceremony this informal ritual because i don't have anyone else right now is for me to look at my blade which is inspired by theirs but is made of my staff made of my life made of my history and I ignite it as a symbol, not as a, a weapon, not as defense, not as a reaction to environment, but as a part of a ritual of processing. I've buried the past. I'm moving forward mm-hmm. in this lightsaber as a symbol of who I am going to be moving forward. But obviously it has connection to my masters and my past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She didn't kill the past. She Built built things from it, yes. She built things from it, and the, and part of what I've always loved about it is that the the yellow color is cool, uh, yeah. but the fact that it is it is partially built out of her staff. It is really mm-hmm. her owning her past and her life, and saying, you know, what I've gone through matters. It is a part of who I am. This is not me just uh, blindly mm-hmm. following the path because people told me to. This is me yeah. making my own path, and to me, the lightsaber is is a symbol of all that. And I think it's because I, I get, you know, uh, I love lightsabers. I, I love the idea that absolutely they're weapons, but mm-hmm. they're also symbols. Like um, in the High Republic, uh, all the great storytelling where Starlight Beacon gets christened and all the Jedi ignite their blades and put them in the air, right? That's right. that's about uh, that's about a ritual. That's about symbolism. That's about the blades meaning something more than just being a weapon. And to me, that's what that moment is about in mm-hmm. the film. In uh becomes even richer if uh if Ben's if I go along with Ben's great headcanon that that's the first time mm. mm-hmm. that she's like I built this I'm confident it works but I'm gonna wait until this moment of ritual to prove to myself that it yeah. ignites yeah yeah this, I I, I, think I might watch, rewatch the scene again today I just like I love the way she plays <laughs> it and there's such joy in the scene for for me and again yeah I know. Uh, not the, everyone's favorite ending, even if it's, I, I know some people who like the movie enough, but the eh, ending didn't hit totally fine. I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, I've just, I was moved by the way she played that. Just the, the joy, uh, uh, Ray sliding down the, 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 the sand dune <laughs> into the yep. old place. Yeah. 
Yep. And yeah, looking at this place where, where Luke had, you know, a childhood, you know, yep. and appreciating it and imagining what it was like for him. And yeah, I, I, I love that ending. I always understand if people have different opinions, but all, all this stuff that I'm talking about with like the, the ritual of it in the past and then moving to the future. Like I just, I felt that on the first viewing and, and got teary on the first viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love this idea that it could be the first ignition. I I've seen the blue and the green color and that's all, all fascinating. Just great stuff to talk about as well. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that element of Ben's question before we move on to, uh, to Ben's actual question? Hey, no, no, go ahead. Okay. So yeah, he is asking about this, a uh, big idea of the Jedi, um, becoming, you know, uh, connecting with their kyber crystal, their kyber crystal igniting and, and being the color that is correct for that Jedi versus the Sith unnaturally forcing them to be red. What what symbolism do you get from that? First of all, I, I'm one of the people that just right from the beginning just love the introduction of the, of the bleeding of the blade process um, for the Sith, which I, I, I still believe that was the E.K. Johnston Ahsoka book, right? Was that the first time? I believe that was the first. And I think that followed up very quickly in the Vader comic. Correct. Yes. Which is a powerful example of it there. And, and, and Ahsoka kind of reversing the bleed, if you will, in that book, if I remember. Mm-hmm. So I love that idea. I love it. And, and no, no, you know, disrespect to those who like the synthetic blade, uh, synthetic crystal idea that Sith that uh, we'd lived with before with Legends. That's not a bad idea either, by the way, um, mm-hmm. that they can't get the real thing. So they <laughs> they build something of their own. Um, but it, it, I don't think this is any great insight for me, Joseph, here. I just love the idea of this tracks with the Jedi letting go, mm-hmm. letting the force lead. And if that is uh, Ray going, oh, it's yellow. Great. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, Mace Windu was a kid. Oh, I got purple. Yay. Like it, the <laughs> gathering arc. Is beautiful. We love it for so many reasons around here. Um, so I go with that idea that that is that is that is truly the Jedi way. What called to you? What is it pulling out of you? Who are you? And that there is no um, the choices in the journey to get there. Uh, and from here, the force is saying, "Hey, here, here's 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 a here's a light to to lead you forward." Yeah, I love that. It's not about control. It's about becoming, you know, in tune. It's about vibing with your kyber crystal, right? It really is. <laughs> you know, I think it is. It's like a, it's a conversation, right? It, It's mm-hmm. not, to me, it isn't the kyber crystal, like totally saying, hey, this is who you are. Um, It is about being attuned, right? And if the kyber crystal, you know, calls out to the Jedi that, that there's this possibility of, of being attuned and that this is the one right color that emerges in between this union of, uh, the the jedi in the crystal i absolutely love that idea it makes the kyber crystals very spiritual i like everything that's been developed with them being much more tuned with the force and Mm. and all that stuff is absolutely great for me and then on the flip side it makes perfect sense if like um jedi are basically like we're gonna search out kyber crystals but we're not just taking them we're only taking the ones that call out to us yeah (laughs) so we can be in some kind of harmony with them if the Sith are like, no, we will take them. We will not have any release of control. We will force them to be the way we want them to be. That is, yeah. that's light and dark, right? Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of that that the the Kyber crystals are, you know, in tune with the Force, and they are in balance. That they want balance. Mm. Um, and, and it goes to me of, of you know, you can hear the uh, interviews of of Lucas saying this. Um, it, it's the way I approach uh, Star Wars and the Force. The idea that. The existence of pain and suffering and death and anger, uh, all, all these things of the dark side are natural and mm-hmm. you have to accept that they are going to happen. And when the force gets out of balance is when 
somebody takes all those ideas like a Palpatine and says, I want to, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want there to be more pain, suffering, anger, death. I want that. I want to accelerate the dark side beyond mm-hmm. its natural balance. And then the Jedi come in and try to keep it in balance. So if you, if you're thinking, if the Kyber crystals are like, that's good, we want that balance. Uh, for me, it's kind of fascinating to have like a, a Vader come along and say, I'm going to make this Kyber crystal be what I want it to be. Well, why does the Kyber crystal not want to be that? Right. Why does it right. not want to serve a, mm. a, a Sith? Why does it not want to be bled of of balance and of, of at least, you know, love and, and peace and, uh, you know, all these wonderful things? Uh, it's to me, it's because the, the point of a Sith blade is to be a, a weapon of acceleration. It is to mm. inflict pain. It is to, you know, seize control. You know, it, it is totally the opposite uh, mm. purpose of the Jedi. Yeah, absolutely, truly a weapon of terror, a weapon of uh, oppression, and and a weapon that is wielded by someone just racked with fear. Uh, mm-hmm. So much that, you know, they, they, they want a red lightsaber, they're going to do everything in their power to control it, because they don't want to even let that go. Yep. <laughs> and red, look, yep. red's a cool color. Red and black, cool <laughs> color scheme. I get it. This is why these characters become so popular. I understand it. I wear a lot of black. You do too, Joseph, uh, you know, uh, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, meaning in Star Wars, and I'm with you on all that stuff there too. And and, and that for those who have not had a chance to read that, uh, uh, it was Charles Soule, right, who did the mm-hmm. first Vader run, yeah, that uh, or whatever that 25 issue Vader run is. Totally read it. Him bleeding the blade. Uh, it's a it's a memorable moment for sure. And um, maybe if you're not on board for that yet, maybe I'm not saying it'll change your mind, but it's definitely a, a great interpretation of what it can mean. It's a it's a really great uh yeah sequence that does just mm-hmm. totally tell that story of like the Kyber crystal like being like are you sure you want to do this this isn't who you are and fighting back and and Vader wanting to dominate the the crystal and make it do something it doesn't want to do that is uh you know that sequence is a, is a great answer to to Ben's wonderful question about the symbolism yeah absolutely any final Kyber crystal thoughts. You know, we haven't answered the one, and I don't even think Ben's asking it. You know, where did Ray get her kyber crystals? Guess what? We'll have a two-hour episode one day to figure <laughs> that out, too. Yeah, I can't wait to see that story uh, and see if it involves Hondo. Well, <laughs> look, we have the beautiful gathering arc. We have Professor Wang and and, and just the story of, of that, and then things change. So I look at it, it it's kind of like you got a... You got a Chili's restaurant, and then the airport, you got Chili's too. We're in the era of Chili's too for getting your Kyber crystal. We can't go to the big <laughs> Illum Gathering uh, arc. We have to do it in another way. It's Chili's too, and that's the story. Yeah, I really like the idea that, and this is this is my headcanon. Ben's got a lot of great headcanon. I really like the idea, like, they have that big party at the end of Rise of Skywalker. It goes late. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's maybe some discussion about uh, some, some follow-up to the vi- big victory. I'm sure there's some First Order stragglers out there. You know, maybe, maybe the galaxy could use a government of some kind. Uh, and I think in that, Ray's like, I got a journey to go on. Is a cool if I take uh, BB-8 and the Falcon and bounce. (laughs) And I don't think she just flies straight to Tatooine. I think she visits many places. I think it's a journey. And I would love that story. And and if her kyber crystal comes to her on that journey. I would love it. Love it. Mm. Excellent. Great question. And headcanon. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jacob. And thanks, Eric. And thank you all who send in questions. Ken, where can people find us? 
Hey, we are Force Center Podcast. We can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. And uh, use hashtag uh, Force Center if you want to join the conversation or, you know, uh, share your own visions of uh, the final scene there. Uh, what, you, what do you think Ray was thinking in those moments? I don't know. Let us know. Uh, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots, including Acast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Hey, if you're on any spot that has a chance to give a review or a rating, we'd love that. Helps the show grow. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Patreon dot com slash four center is where you can go support us and from there you get into our wonderful warm welcoming discord server where you can discuss star star wars seven days a week with four center friends you can find me at cadnapsock across all social media platforms and go to my website cadnapsock.com don't forget if you're a fan of music we have a lot of four center friends that actually pop over uh, to my music show on Mixcloud called pop rock and radio i had to take a couple weeks off because there's a little thing called star wars celebration and <laughs> schmodown tapes and everything but we'll be back with some uh, great music soon i do live shows and tape shows as well joseph where can they find you yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can visit my website, josephscrimshaw.com for lots of other comedy adventures, uh, past, present, and future. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Palpatine's melty face, this has been Questions of the Force. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.